0: I feel like it's always been there. Like my dad handed me the seven habits of highly effective people when I was like 13.
1: Welcome to the Lavendaire Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today, we are talking how to live a more intentional life with YouTuber Michelle B. So, Michelle Barnes is the creator of the YouTube channel Michelle B. She creates content focused on creating an intentional life that helps you to simplify, get more done, and clarify what you want. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I know. I'm so happy to have you on. How did you discover this purpose of creating an intentional life for yourself? My story with intentional living probably started
0: back when I left high school, so way back. I was like wandering aimlessly through life. I chose a university degree completely at random. My friend was like, yeah, HR, that would be good for you. Um, and then I decided to defer for a year because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Mm-hmm. I pretty much sent, spent my year after high school, just working in a traineeship. I was stapling resumes all day, putting little tags on them, putting them into files. I was just really bored. I was really confused. I um, actually canceled my enrollment into university, I probably mm-hmm. felt more lost than before at that stage. And I think it's, It's tough because the standard route when you graduate high school, it's like, okay, now you go to university and now you get a good job and you work your way up. Right. Um, And I obviously hadn't followed that path. I was like, oh, what am I doing? So I was just really bored with my life and that's what ended up getting me into starting my YouTube channel. Mm. Yeah, and in terms of my passion for self-growth, I feel like it's always been there. Like my dad handed me The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People when I was like 13. And I was blown away. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, We definitely have a lot in common. Um, But yeah, he handed me that book and I remember reading it and I was like, okay, like changing yourself, like growing who you are, being a better person, like this is a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But that kind of faded as high school went along. And then I kind of think it hit me again probably when Marie Kondo was the big trend and I was like yeah yeah she was probably the big catalyst for change going through the life-changing magic of tidying up and just decluttering my whole life
1: right so you kind of took a little break then from reading about personal growth and self-help or do you feel like you were always into that
0: no I definitely took a break I was super into it when I was like a younger and then I was just like you know you just let it go high school gets in the way and you're like there's there's different people around, they're not interested in self growth, but there just aren't that many people in the world that are into it. So you Mm -hmm. just kind of get swept away in that. I mean, I spent like a year just like partying and living really aimlessly. And then I think when I started YouTube, Marie Kondo started to happen that I was like, oh, this is a thing. And
1: I started Ah. to get back into it, decluttered my whole life. And it all sort of just happened from there. So when you started your YouTube channel, you didn't really have the same direction as you do now, right? What were you <laughs> doing at it? All. Yeah, what were you focusing on back then?
0: Well, my very first video on YouTube. Um, if you look back, it's actually on nipple piercings. So that's something. I think an I interesting- saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's my very first video on YouTube. I just kicked off with like okay, where's the gap? What could I put up there? I was like, there's Mm -hmm. not that much info about this. I'm going to upload this video. And it did really well. And then I sort of dived into fashion beauty because that was kind of what was there on YouTube. It was all I really knew on YouTube. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And it's really funny to think back now because I'm like, have no interest in clothes or makeup (laughs) I'm so lazy with that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think when Comrie came along I just sort of started changing directions I made a few videos like how to be a badass babe and my Sunday life reset routine and they got a bit of traction and I think after doing Comrie I was like okay this is like yeah this is a thing people like I'm gonna go in that direction because it's probably more aligned with what I'm interested in.
1: Right. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I I think I heard that you're working full-time while running a YouTube channel. Are you still doing that?
0: No, not now. Okay. so but you were for a while, that. right? Yeah. For like a good four or five years, I was working wow. full-time and doing YouTube on, on the side. So how did you make that work?
1: Because <laughs> your channel was pretty active, I would say, yeah. while working full-time.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely hard, but it's totally doable. I think so I worked full time. I was uploading once a week. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I wouldn't upload because life yeah. is hard. Um, and that was there for the four or five years. I think that if you wanting to be a content creator and you're working full time, which is where most people start. Mm-hmm. You need to treat YouTube as like a bit of a part time job, like treat it seriously. So I was like waking up at five every day, like working on my YouTube wow. for a few hours of the morning. I'd go into my actual job at nine. I actually asked them to adjust my working hours that I kicked off at nine because everyone else started at eight. Um and -hmm. there was more light in the morning. So I was like, yeah, I need to be able to record in the morning. So you
1: filmed right in the morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. So often a lot of my videos are filmed just like before I was going to work. I'd be literally like rushing out the door and I'd be like, okay, film a YouTube video,
1: get going. So yeah, yeah, pretty wild. Wow. And that continued on for so long. I mean, did you also work on the weekends?
0: Yeah, I worked on the weekends as well. So I do um a few mornings a week, most mornings of the week, and then I'd work on Saturdays usually. So I think if you're doing YouTube and a full-time job or any kind of content creation in a full-time job, like you've got to be willing to make some trade-offs. Unfortunately, it sucks that like mm-hmm. there's sacrifice involved. Um, that was probably the biggest way that I was able to make it happen.
1: Right. And what's your process for, I guess, shooting a video? Like how much do you plan ahead? Can you share a little bit of that, you know, behind the scenes for our listeners? Yeah.
0: Um. So I would say when it comes to like ideation, thinking of video ideas, there's not a super formal process behind it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I'd say like 70% of my video ideas come to me in the moment when I'm just chilling out, like taking a walk, having a shower, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. My mind just like comes up with the idea, delivers it to me. I write it down on my ideas list and I go at it later. There are times when I have to sort of push out ideas when I'm really struggling and I'm like, okay, (laughs) I need to like sit down, get formal about this. Um, A lot of the time when I do that, I look at like different niches and I try to take titles from different niches and play around with those ideas and see what fits so like I don't know if you've got a a, something on Pinterest it's like 10 questions to ask a potential boyfriend and it's in the love niche completely different obviously you can turn that to 10 questions to ask yourself to live a better life yeah yeah. so I do a lot of that if I'm like trying to force the ideas out um in Mm -hmm. terms of getting down and planning it's I have all of my templates in notion and I usually just go through I do a bit of a high-level brain dump at first, so I've got a bit of an outline, and I actually flesh out all my ideas into kind of a script, mm. so I don't follow my scripts exactly. Um, I like to have all of my ideas fleshed out in writing because I'm right. more of a written gal than a, than mm-hmm. a talking gal, which is odd because I'm on YouTube, but yeah. yeah.
1: But once you start recording, you just kind of go off what you remember you wrote,
0: or yeah, do you kind like- of
1: try to follow your script really closely?
0: I try to follow my script and I don't always. So I just like okay. having a script there because it gives me a, a strong basis. And if I'm ever rambling or I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure what to say, I can go back to my script. Um, mm-hmm. But oftentimes I'll, I'll start with my script and then I'll add a little bits in here and there. I, I just give myself the freedom. I can't stick to a script exactly because otherwise I'll end up sounding like a robot. Yeah, yeah. But if I give myself too free, too much freedom, then I feel like I could ramble on for days. So <laughs> it's nice to have that, that base level
1: there that I can go by. Right, right. And then nowadays, how do you structure your week? Because you're all about like productivity and stuff.
0: Yeah, um, I try to structure my week in a themed way where I can. So I sort of have Monday as like a bit of a reset day. So I do my weekly reset. I do my weekly planning. I hop into video planning on a Tuesday or I do like all of my writing on a Tuesday. So I try to do Mm -hmm. video planning and writing newsletters. And then I sort of have a day for... Filming, content creation, and then days for project work. So I try to theme my days. It doesn't always work out that way, but it's nice to have a bit of a plan to go back to.
1: Right. Are you the type of person that has like a billion things on your to-do list and you just never get to everything? Or <laughs> what's... Because that's how I am. I'm just curious yeah. about your... How are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I sort of, yeah. So I have like... I
0: mean, everyone has a million things on their to-do list, don't they? But I try to have like a focused list of like every week of what I try to do. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if I just have my whole to-do list in front of me, I think I would just like, I would combust. It would be a really tough situation. Um, yeah, yeah. So how, do you, yeah.
1: how about this question? How do you decide what goal to work on first? What's your system to prioritize?
0: Yeah. Um, I like to go back to the one thing question. So what is the one thing that by doing it today will make everything else easier or unnecessary? Have you read The
1: One Thing? Mm, no, I haven't, but I love that.
0: Yeah, it's a really good focusing question. If you're ever not sure of how to prioritize, it's really helpful because then you're focusing on things of significance that make a difference in all of the areas of your life. Rather than I think it's so easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to do things like, I don't know, like tidy tidy my room or do that errand, which are all useful and helpful things that you need to be doing. But they're also not things that are really going to be moving you forward in life.
1: Right. Can you repeat what that
0: was? One thing to what? So what is the one thing that you can do that will make everything else unnecessary or easier? I think that's the wording. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the one thing, okay. you get the actual quote.
1: <laughs> yeah, love that. And that kind of leads me to your life map. I want to talk about this new journal that you created. So yeah. what inspired you to make this and what's in it?
0: Yeah, so... I guess the thing that inspired me to create it is I have struggled with goals in the past. So like i set 20 goals at the start of the year. I've been super pumped, like ready to make a change. I forgot about those goals, never took action on any of them or tried. And then I failed. Um, So I guess instead of beating myself up, I was like, how can I learn more about how to do this better? So I've learned Mm -hmm. as much as I could about a better way of approaching goal setting that isn't just smart goals, because that's sort of what you hear all the time. You're like, but it's not working for me. Um, And I wanted to create a product that was like my dream product and also help other people to start ticking off their own dreams. So me and my sister for like a year or so now have been doing little weekly catch ups and we've been along the way, I've been like refining my approach to goal setting. And the life map is just what came out of that from all of my learnings on goal setting
1: hmm. So how yeah. what is your process for setting goals now? Because I feel like smart goals, sometimes it's a little restricting. I, I used to be like, let's set a specific goal with a deadline. And then now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to put a deadline because deadlines are so flexible,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So what do you think? Yeah, so I guess I go through A bit of a process when it comes to setting goals I like to go through brainstorming All of this is in the life map that's not a plug Mm -hmm. but like that's the process that I go through so I go through a bunch of brainstorming I try to ask myself those important things like that one thing question that I was talking about before or Mm -hmm. like what's going to bring me closer to how I want to feel this year all of those questions are so important to go through rather than just being like oh I want to do this that or the other I feel like when I used to approach goals I was like okay, like here's my New Year's resolution list. I'm going to pick that one. I'm going to work on like working on, you know, making my makeup better, which is something I really didn't have any interest in, wasn't aligned (laughs) with what I wanted to do in my life. So going through that brainstorming process and then asking yourself questions like, will this, how much will this impact me in five years time? Mm -hmm. And um, how much will this bring me closer to how I actually want to feel? How challenging is this goal? How exciting is this goal? I think those are really important Mm -hmm. questions to ask when you're picking a goal. And the questions that people often don't ask, they just pick like whatever they feel or whatever, you know, is exciting and shiny in the moment. So I like going through those processing questions to make sure that I'm choosing something that's really aligned with me. And then when it comes to planning my goals, I like to have sort of a high level goal. So I don't, I guess it, isn't really smart aligned. So it could just be like, it could even be like, get my financial life together. Um, And then under that, I like to have more specific Mm -hmm. things that I want to do to get my life together. So I get my financial life together. So even like implement Mm -hmm. a proper budget, you know, set up the envelope system, that kind of thing. I usually do focus it on a 12 week period, but in saying that I'm super flexible, I just think there's no need to be rigid about your goals. It's just not helpful to anyone involved. It ends up with just self you know, mm-hmm. self-loathing behavior. I do just like, oh, I didn't get it
1: done. What's wrong with me? And that's just exactly. not helpful to absolutely anyone involved. Exactly. Because so. if you think about yeah. it, you're the one that set that expectation for yourself. And you if you disappoint yourself, you feel bad. Like, like you created all of that negativity. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's totally self-imposed and it's totally yeah. unnecessary because why? Like it's not helping you get further to exactly. where you want to go. It's really just hindering you and then you stop actually pursuing goals. So I try to approach goals in a flexible way while I go for that 12 week period. I'm like, you know
1: what? If it takes longer, it takes longer. That's totally okay. Like life happens life's hard you know yeah yeah totally so I want to ask you what was your transition like from like working full-time to like running your YouTube channel now full-time why did you make that decision
0: yeah I loved my job I was working in online learning design it was great I loved the people that I worked with But I didn't feel like it was challenging me enough. I'd been in my role for about two years time. I'd gotten to the point where I created all the processes and procedures, you know, Mm -hmm. like I had a really good idea of a client comes to me and this is what I do. And it just got to the point where I was like, I'm not really growing. And it also was not really embracing my value of freedom. So (laughs) freedom is like one of my big values. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want to have freedom in my life. I want to have flexibility. Doing client work doesn't really give me that. Mm -hmm. So I was like I feel like I have a lot of potential on YouTube to do so much more it's more impactful. What I was creating was online learning that was in a corporate setting so something like Mm -hmm. um, a security awareness e learning it's super boring. Um, So (laughs) what I created while my client might love it all the people that ended up doing it on the other end, which is like new hires at the company would be like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Don't make me read this. You know what I mean? And I was (laughs) like, that's not very empowering for me. If I can create something that people are going to love, people are going to use and appreciate and pour my heart into that, I'd much rather do that than my corporate jobs. That was really what, yeah, empowered me to make that final decision. I was like, I need to live my life in line with my values and do something where I feel like I'm contributing
1: Let's take a break to learn about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You guys know I love doing my own self-reflection through journaling, but sometimes I need an outsider's perspective to help me work through my issues and reveal what's holding me back. My favorite resource for that is BetterHelp's online counseling. I get to work out my thoughts with a professional counselor from the comfort of my own home. It's so convenient to be able to schedule a call or video chat when I need it. BetterHelp has 3,000 US licensed professional counselors specializing in everything from anxiety, relationships, anger, and more. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours. If you're ever unhappy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time with no additional charge. And of course, everything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. You can talk to your counselor through video, phone, online chats, or text. Best of all, BetterHelp is truly an affordable option, and they also offer financial aid for those who qualify. As a special offer to the Lavender Lifestyle listeners, you can get 10% off your first month with the discount code Lavender. To get started with convenient, professional, and secure counseling today, go to betterhelp.com slash You'll fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and quickly get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash What advice would you have for people out there who maybe are in between like, doing something that is practical but they're not fulfilled in versus, like, just making that jump? Like, how do you get over that fear or the things that people – that hold people back?
0: Yeah, there's so much to it, isn't there? Um, (laughs) I think – I think surrounding yourself with the right people is super important if you're making that transition. So for me, I had an incredibly supportive partner who was like, yes, like, I can't wait till you go full time. Can't wait for this to happen for you. I had friends that would like, buy me a cupcake, every 1k subscribers, like, Aww. and that was incredibly helpful to me. I also had a really strangely supportive coordinator. He had done his own thing on the side um, at my formal work. And he was like, yeah like you've got to take this chance you're young like this is your time to do it so I was really lucky that I was surrounded by those people who were so incredibly supportive I would also say like there's the practical Mm -hmm. side of it like you know make sure that you can actually afford to live your life should you leave your job those kind of things are going to help you just to feel safer when you leave your job but it's always going to be a bit of a brave step regardless
1: yeah. yeah, and I like that you mentioned that you had so many supportive people in your life because that's the kind of thing like we don't see from watching your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, like there are things that are helping you like behind the scenes. So, what else would you say is something that your subscribers might not see? Oh. That's a good question. <laughs> like, what's the Michelle with Michelle with an I that is not Michelle with a U? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Um, Michelle with an I, not with a U. Uh Honestly, I
0: think it a lot goes back to those people. I don't really show much of my personal life, even on Instagram. I'm not
1: I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not
0: fantastic with Instagram and showing like the people in my life, but I genuinely am surrounded by the best people. Who have lifted Mm -hmm. me up and helped me to become who I am today. Without those people, I don't think I would be there, including like my family. Like my mom and dad are amazing. My mom's always helping me with my stuff on the side. Like my dad was the one who kicked me off doing like little monthly goal catch ups. I do talk about that a little bit on my channel, but like I have my best friend who is like constantly supporting me and my other friend who's like really entrepreneurial and is always inspiring me. Probably those are the biggest things that people don't really see on my channel that very much make up who I am as a person.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Thinking about my journey, I had a lot of like friction with my family starting a YouTube channel Uh, because they just didn't get it. And a lot of my peers were like, what are you doing? It just in the beginning. I mean, now people are more supportive, but what would you say was your biggest challenge or friction in your journey?
0: Ooh, I think um, one of my biggest challenges, and it still is a challenge to this day, is probably that online is... Sort of like we were talking about, online is such a small part of who you are, and I think I highly mm-hmm. value authenticity. So putting myself out there on a weekly basis in a very short form, clean cut, edited video, as well as even Instagram, you know, it's all it's all very put together. I do struggle with that and not being able to fully yeah. share me as a human being. I mean, it's something that I could do. I don't want to be a vlogger every day, right. um, but just that sense Mm -hmm. of like, you know, you get comments and you probably get them as well. And it's people saying, oh, it's nice to see that your house gets messy because, you know, I always assumed that you were like this perfect person. (laughs) And I try to share as much of that as I can in like my vloggy days, be like, look, this is, my house is a mess. This is what I'm working through. I'm struggling with this. But people always, you know, they see Mm -hmm. the good things. And I think struggling with like a value of authenticity and not being able to like fully say like or show I'm a person with problems I'm a person that like I'm just a very normal human being I suppose
1: right like how do you decide what you want to show to your followers because you obviously you want to be authentic but I guess where do you draw the line yeah that's such a hard question I love how do you deal with that I I think I've learned to draw more of a line recently I think before I think I would share everything I try to be vulnerable and I do show like my place is messy I'm not always organized totally I, I do show that but even for example with like Instagram photos like you all it's definitely curated and you definitely pick the prettiest pictures you filter them absolutely and, <laughs> and there is that level of like this is the online me versus the in-person me. And I think n- now I've just learned to accept it. And there's there's more and more things that I want to keep private now. Just also because I think the people in my life, I want to respect the people in my life because sometimes oh, they definitely. don't want to be shown, you know? Yeah. I think I used to want to show more people and then now I'm very, very aware of the fact of what I'm filming. Even like I try not to film strangers' faces and yeah. things like that because... I don't know I I really care about respecting people's privacy but then it also it makes it difficult to create content sometimes of course yeah definitely (laughs) I think as well like with drawing the line
0: like often you can kind of feel it right like if you lean into how you're feeling in the moment of like is this a story that I want to share with my audience like you can Mm -hmm. tap into like How do you actually feel about that? Does that feel like the right thing to share in the moment? And you can kind of get a gist as to whether like, you know, internally, you're actually okay with that. I think that's something that I usually do like, because it's with the kind of channel that I make, it is a lot about sharing challenges, but there's some challenges that I'm like, no, I'm not quite. That's something I want to share with my intimate, close people. It's not something that I want to share online.
1: Exactly. And I think I've learned more to draw that line as I'm getting older. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I do have some Facebook questions from our group. Oh, go for Um, it. Sumaira asked, what's one tip or method you suggest for anyone dealing with procrastination or a lack of focus? Oh, one tip or
0: method. There's so many. I would say. Right now, something that's been helping me for the last few months has been time blocking my day. So mm-hmm. actually having like something in front of me that goes from 5 a.m. to 9 PM, writing down what I'm gonna doing what I'm going to be doing for each hour and trying to revisit mm-hmm. that throughout the day as well. So not just like set it and forget it once again, you've got to be flexible with yourself. You're not a robot. You're not probably going to stick to everything in your day. But just having like that visual idea of how your day is going to flow out is so helpful to actually make it flow out that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you do say like your time goes over for certain things, what is your response to that? Like, do you feel bad about yourself? Do you just change it and be flexible? Or how does that how do you deal with that? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't really feel bad about myself if my time goes
0: over like I'm pretty chill I think like productivity without self-compassion isn't helpful so I'll go over something and I'll just be like okay well I'll just follow the general flow of things from here and see how much I get done I know there was a girl that I was talking to and she actually like splits her day in half and then she'll write Mm -hmm. out like the actual times and then adjust from there but I'm I'm not motivated (laughs) enough to do that (laughs) i just let things go as they go um but yeah no i I don't really um feel bad if i go over
1: you know we're humans yeah awesome okay alexandra asks how do you cope when you're feeling overwhelmed and paralyzed by everything you have to do
0: yeah i actually have it's gonna sound super robotic but i do have a bunch of checklists that i go back to (laughs) if i'm ever feeling overwhelmed just because when i'm in a moment of overwhelm i'm like oh god I can't do anything and I can't choose what to do so if I just yeah. have like a default response and that is going to this checklist following the checklist and I know it'll make me feel better then it's just way more helpful so I'll
1: I can open it up and read what I yeah, do on, what's on it the checklist. you like yes. yeah sure <laughs> I think it's cute that you even make a checklist that you can go back to
0: <laughs> I know I know it's just the kind of person I am do you have, I have one <laughs> for
1: like each emotion like when I'm sad look at this when I'm angry <laughs> I, look have, at this.
0: <laughs> I have two main ones so like if you're feeling off like just generally like ugh, like I don't feel right or like it could be sad or anything I feel like that encompasses a lot of emotions and then if mm-hmm. you're feeling overwhelmed because I feel like that's a bit of a different thing so mm-hmm. I usually actually go through my if you're feeling off checklist which is like looking through all the basics of self-care so basically like have you drank water? Have you eaten? Have yeah. do you feel clean in your and does your space feel nice? Because all of those things just make such a difference. Like, have you moved? Have you been talking to people? Mm-hmm. All of those things impact me so much. Particularly with overwhelm, I find that if I'm overwhelmed, often it means that I'm self focused. So, I'm like I've forgotten about the rest of the world, and it's just all yeah, me. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so. I find if I talk to someone, it just makes me feel more connected to the universe as a whole and not just connected to myself and I become less overwhelmed as a result. So Mm -hmm. that's something that's really helpful. Then I like to do a bit of a journal. I do a huge brain dump of all the things that I need to get done. I ask myself three questions, which are my questions, and I can't tell you who they are from, but I will email you and you can put it in the notes if you want (laughs) to. Um, But does this need to be done? Does this need to be done by me? And does this need to be done today? I think those Mm are super helpful because sometimes when you're overwhelmed, you're just telling yourself, like, I need to get all this done, when in reality, like, a lot of it could be left to the next week or it could be given to your partner or a friend yeah. or someone who works for you. Um, yeah. And then I just try to baby step it out and do all the things that I can. That's, that's a bit of an I overview. I love that.
1: Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And I can see how if you are feeling overwhelmed, like doing all those things will help you so much.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. And having it all in checklist form because you're overwhelmed and you're like not thinking clearly, it just makes mm-hmm. it more helpful.
1: Yeah, to remind you that you're not going crazy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> Another question from Lavana How do you stick to a routine without feeling like it's an obligation? And how can you make it something you enjoy instead? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, the things, the habits that you're choosing probably
0: be conscious of the habits that you're choosing to put into your routine I would say so I'm thinking like along the lines of morning routines I'm not sure if that is what the question was getting at but like if you're doing things like meditation journaling that kind of thing I think a lot there is just a lot of pressure to do like particular things so doing your gratitude journaling, writing, I know you do morning pages. There's so many of those little things that we're told you should do that. But actually think about whether it's something that you Mm -hmm. enjoy doing because there's not, and you're getting something out of it, I guess. So choose your habits consciously. Don't just stuff your routines full of things that you've been told to do on the
1: internet. Yeah. is probably helpful. I agree with you. It's just you have to choose, like, consciously be aware, like, you chose this because it's, it's like, making you happy or it helps your life in a certain way. If it feels like an obligation, then you're not remembering, like, why you you chose to do this. So it's either, it's either you shouldn't do it or maybe yeah. you have to remember, like, what's the purpose that I want to journal, you know? Totally.
0: Yeah, yeah. go yeah. back to your why. And if it's, like, work routines, like – you know, video planning and stuff. I feel like, or really any routine, think back to that why and eventually it will just become something that you do and you don't really think about it being an obligation. It's just something that you do. It's just a totally ingrained habit. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another thing you could do is also make it more fun by, like, connecting it to something that you want to do. For example, like, this is random. So, like, I... I meditate, but I don't have motivation to do it every day. But I've recently bought this like skincare mask. And like if I mask while I meditate, it just seems like I'm killing two birds with one stone. (laughs) And then, do you know what I mean? It's like something you enjoy doing and then you might as well do something else. Well, if it makes sense to like stack your habits that way.
0: No, that totally makes sense. I think James Clear actually talks about that. He's yeah. like, you know what? If you really hate exercising, exercise, and then after that, you can watch Netflix or right. watch Netflix while you're exercising. Exactly. That way, yeah. you're getting that hit of like, yes, I'm enjoying this, and you're doing the thing that you want to be doing. Exactly. Another girl I listen to, she does like a self-care. It's like a self-care menu. So every morning she has mm. like either meditation or journaling or probably exercise should be on there most days. um yeah. But yeah, so she sort of picks from that little menu and picks what she wants to do that day if your value is freedom and you're like a little bit of a rebel
1: that could be a nice way to do it as well that's so cute like a menu you're like "Mm, I feel like having this one today totally Yeah. yeah awesome so now I'm gonna move on to some rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests the first one is what does your dream life look like
0: so I think that my dream life is probably just a life filled with a lot of memorable moments, a life where I give mm. all the things that I want to give a go, a just a proper crack. Yeah. And also a life filled with connection and love.
1: I love that. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? I recommend so many books.
0: I'm a shocker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I read a lot. Um, but Brene Brown, Anything by Brene Brown, I absolutely love The Gifts of Imperfection is where mm. I started, particularly if you're struggling with self-love, self-compassion, and I think a lot of people are. That's like a crisis. So Brene Brown is amazing, Gifts of Imperfection, yeah. and I also have to say The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up because it was so life-changing for me. <laughs> it, yes, me too. It like literally yeah.
1: changes your life <laughs> after 100%. you declare yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) what is one habit that has changed your life
0: the habit oh I'd say and it's the lamest habit to mention but um probably waking up early and I know this isn't applicable to everyone because everyone works differently but for me I mean without waking up early I wouldn't have done my YouTube channel I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have gotten to where I am today a lot of my goals I probably never would have achieved so I feel like that's been my one big habit not Mm -hmm. everyone is an early waker and that's not something I'd recommend to people who are more night people obviously um, but it's been huge for me
1: yeah like I'm so impressed that you can wake up that early and shoot a video that early like my brain doesn't function (laughs) (laughs) like if I'm awake at that time Oh, totally. And not,
0: and not everyone's does. Like, my partner is, like, not a morning person. So, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's an okay thing to
1: be. You just embrace the night. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I just realized in Australia, it's probably morning for you right now. It is. <laughs> it's quarter past 10. Quarter past Okay. This is perfect because <laughs> I'm the best in the afternoons and you're the best yeah. in your mornings. Totally. No, it works so well for me. <laughs> okay. What is the best <laughs> life or career advice that you've
0: ever gotten? Mm, that's hard. I think one of my friends, the thing that I always go back to that she says a lot is um, don't take advice for someone from someone that you wouldn't trade places with and I mm. think particularly when you're pursuing something that is a little bit different like you want to work for yourself to YouTube, whatever it might be, There are just a lot of people that aren't on the path that you want to be on um, that might encourage you to shrink and that's not really what you should do. So I feel like when you're taking any advice, just look to that person Mm -hmm. and be like, would I trade places with them? Are they in a place I'd like to be rather than just taking advice Mm -hmm. or
1: criticism from absolutely everyone? Right. No, I love that so much. I've never heard it put that way, like advice from someone you would trade your life with. But it reminds me also of, I'm pretty sure you've heard Brene Brown talk about that quote, like Daring Greatly quote. Oh, yes, the yes, on the arena. Yes, like don't yeah, the, listen to criticism from anyone who's not in the arena doing the same thing as totally. you. Totally, yeah, 100%. Because they don't know what they're talking about and like it's just a waste of time. That's
0: it, yeah. yeah. and And if you're like leaving your job, like there's a lot of people, may not be the people close to you that are gonna have judgment and criticism, but you just look at them and they've been working in their job for like 30 years doing the same thing. They're not happy with where they mm-hmm. are and you're like, okay, that's not someone I should take advice from
1: definitely wow that's such a good one okay the last one is finish the sentence the most amazing part about life is I'd say connection I think
0: that the most I mean that's what we're here Mm. to do isn't it like human beings are social creatures and and we need to connect with other people and without other people we would just wither and I think that connection is probably the most amazing thing about life just being able to like embrace other people
1: yeah it's just so interesting because I think before doing this full interview with you I always saw you as like the introvert and I don't see anyone else in your photos or videos so I'm like oh she's just like just her but now I realize like you're so connected to all the people in your life and you value that and it's just, isn't that so interesting
0: yeah <laughs> well the is show though you can't really tell online I mean I'm not like I don't have like a huge wild group of friends, but the people that I am connected with, it's like that's very important yeah,
1: to me. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So Michelle, where can we find you online? Oh, just um, look
0: up Michelle B, M-U-C-H-E-L-L-E, B on YouTube and you'll find me.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and sharing more about your journey. I really appreciated it. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It was really nice to meet you. All right, that's it for our interview with Michelle Barnes, also known as Michelle B. And now I just want to wrap up with some of my favorite takeaways from our conversation. So, the first takeaway is when you're prioritizing your goals or your tasks, it will help you if you can ask the one thing question. So, what is one thing you can do that by doing it will make everything easier or unnecessary? That's a question that can help reveal what is a big or important goal or task that you should probably work on first. You can also ask, what's the impact of this goal? How will it impact my life in the next five years? And you can also ask, what goal excites or scares me the most? And answering those questions will really help you hone in on what you should prioritize. The next takeaway is time blocking. Michelle likes to block out her days for different tasks or projects. I'm the same way. I like to have one day to do podcasts, one day to do writing and prep, one day to shoot, one day to edit if I have to edit, and things like that, just because it's so much easier to stick to doing one thing at a certain time. Another way Michelle time blocks is she'll block out her day, hour by hour, so that she can visually see her general flow for her day. So even if she doesn't stick to it like to the T, it just helps her to see the flow, and what to expect. And lastly, I really like that Michelle has a checklist for when she's feeling overwhelmed or when she's feeling down or feeling off. So simple things like drink water, connect with people, go outside, move your body. Those are things that you know. if you do those things, you'll always feel better after doing them. Because when you're feeling overwhelmed, that's a sign that you're really stuck in your mind, you're overthinking, and you're just thinking about yourself. It's all about you. But when you do these other things, you remind yourself that there's a world outside of your problems, and you connect with the world out there. And that is really good for your mental health. So I would highly recommend doing that for yourself, creating your own checklist of things that you can do next time you're feeling overwhelmed or off. All right, that's it for this episode. Hope you liked it, and I will talk to you next time. Bye! All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.